click that record there. Josh, you want to... There it is. Get that crunch in. And then... throw up though just, yeah buddy just subtle enough to be beautiful was that a skrillex original that was uh like i said josh that was hold on let me get it right again that was daylight by jay someday i think i said somebody earlier but that is jay someday so thank you jay someday for having copyright free music that i can play with no consequences Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hidden Oaks Overdose Football Fix podcast. I am one of the lovely hostesses, the Garlic Johnson. I am joined, of course, by our lo- other lovely hostess, the Joshua Mitchell. Josh? Hi, folks. Nice. You nailed it. Uh, we got an email address, hiddenoaksoverdose at gmail.com, facebook.com slash hoodpod, 763-220-0402. That's where you can find us. That's where you can say hi. Feel free to do so if you wish to. Segment start times, description below, you know the deal. Levi Oki, thank you so much. At Levi Oki Illustration on Instagram. The man is a wonderkin. Also happens to have beautiful Mexican lips that he will not stop talking about. It's kind of weird, actually. But thank you so much, Mr. Oki. Josh, hiya, darn. Well, Wednesday. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, Josh. Uh, I don't want to ruin it, and I think it's probably in the world of psychology, which you can tell me if I'm right or wrong in just a second, but just like when you try and tell people to calm down, they usually do the opposite of calming down. I'm going to point out that you seem to be in a much more chipper mood than last week, which I think is going to be great for the show, but now I probably just ruined it by bringing it up, but I am excited. Hi, folks. <laughs> it's me, Eeyore. <laughs> well, no, you weren't depressed. You were more, um, I mean, we all have these days. I certainly have mine. Just a little more maybe snippy, on edge, shorter fuse for whatever reason, but to Today. No, you? I <laughs> know. I've never done that ever, Josh. Right? First time. Last Tuesday. Um. So yeah, life's going good for you. Absolutely. Had a good time at uh, Ben and Mariah's wedding over the weekend. Mm, yeah. I would even say I did better than the bride. You did better than. In what way did you do better than the bride? Like you hooked up with more bridesmaids, or you and Ben hooked up, or? I did. I probably hooked up with more bridesmaids. Nice. Yep. Yep. Um, I managed to stay awake past nine. Ooh, wow. Yeah. What is um, with these fucking white girls getting wasted? Jamie did it. Mariah did it. Nikita, I thought, did very well on your wedding night. Oh, that's... Be- yeah, no, she did... That's because I told the bartender to stop putting alcohol in her drinks around <laughs> 3 p.m. Just just, uh, just trick her? Yep. It's a bold move. And then someone wants a ride home, blames me for not giving them a ride home after they say they don't need one. It's whatever. It's totally fine. People forget and move on all the time. Absolutely. That happened like eight years ago. Staying down, Josh. We didn't look for a long time. Okay, that's enough chit chat. I think I don't. I don't think we missed anything major that happened in our personal lives. Josh, let's hear your hot take for the week. You know, I got to looking at this, and I'm wondering why is the hot takes its own separate segment? Couldn't it be like under the fan tasty zone? I mean, it could be, but hot takes was first. Tasty, that's true. The tasty thing didn't exist until two that's weeks ago. That's true. 
I'm going to go ahead and double down on my um, hot take from a few weeks ago, and I'm going to say Trubisky is going to get benched before the end of the season. And not only is he going to get benched, he's going to get benched and then cut and then released from the team. Who's going to cut him? The entire offense. <laughs> Nagy himself. I hear. So I listen to the McAfee show a lot. Mr. Pat McAfee, that is. Um, every He's day. a puncher. What does he know? How fucking dare you? First I'm just of kidding. All. Second of all, um, uh, he, he's been speculating that, well, I don't know if it's been him or he's just been feeding it to the, the rest of the world through his show, but he's like, yeah, Nagy's doing this on a purpose. Nagy hates Trubisky. He's going to leave him out on the field to suck and stink, as Pat McAfee would say, forever. And then he'd be like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. Like, go to ownership or whoever, Ryan Pace, I think. Whoever whoever the GM is that insists on Trubisky and be like, yeah, we can't do it with this guy. I need someone else. So he might not only for that reason for Nagy to tank and be like, this guy fucking stinks. Yeah. I mean, you look at it, when you look at them and you think about it, they're the exact opposite of like the 2011 through 2016 Packers. Because the Packers had 11 paper bags on defense and Aaron Rodgers at quarterback and they were winning games. I mean, it just goes to show how important the quarterback position is because you get 11 studs on defense essentially and then you get a paper bag at quarterback and you're sitting back there just blowing in the wind. Exactly. Um, but, I mean, obviously you don't want to have it one way or the other because, well, how did it work out for the Packers during that span? Only one Super Bowl? Please. Yeah. Um, I feel what you're saying. I don't have anything else to add. Just to move on, I'll say my hot take. I had a different one. I changed it last minute. Freddie Kitchens gets fired by the end of the season. Big league. That man, basically, the only reason Freddie Kitchens is the head coach of the Browns is because Baker Mayfield came out and said, I like Kitchens. And then any, whoever made the decision in the Browns organization is like, okay, you got it, Mr. Mayfield. You're our franchise. And uh, Freddie Kitchens is just not up to the task, my friend. He was, what, a running backs coach until mid-through last year? I have no idea. I didn't pay much attention to the Browns other than that awesome parade they had. Um, yeah, I will, anyways, I will say that uh, I read an article today, and we're going to get into it um, actually in this next section. So this uh, this is brought to you by whatever snacks we have, which today is sea salt pita thins and a nearly empty tomato basil hummus. Thank you, tomato basil hummus and sea thins. Ooh, that was that one didn't feel as good, but that's strawberry Arnold Palmer. Thank you, Arizona Tea, for sponsoring us as well. Yeah. Um, so key injuries, Cam Newton to IR. That one, you know, we talked about that. I, I don't know if he's going to retire or if Chicago's going to take a run on him next season, but that would be fun to watch. Someone should take a I mean, he Not. still got left in the tank. Right. Um, and then I also wrote down uh, the NFC North fandoms because, yeah, no NFC North team won, and that's the teams that we care about. Um, also, um, Gardner Minshew has been Jewed by the Jacksonville organization. Wow, you just um, said Jude, huh? I said chewed. Uh, what i don't know um okay. and so that brings me to my next point um you talked about freddie kitchens baker mayfield i don't know what rabbit hole i delved down but i somehow got to an article that was written and it said that gardner Minshew starting stole baker mayfield's mojo now what? i don't know enough about mojo and and Wuju or whatever well you gotta watch austin powers films to know about mojo i believe it's the second one where his mojo gets stolen yeah and and but i just know that <laughs> Baker Mayfield didn't have enough mojo for Gardner Minshew to steal. Gardner Minshew had so much mojo, it kind of just evolved into what you see. He had plenty of the Joe to mow. Yep. Um, but yeah, so... 
I got You're lost really because I'm. Trans- <laughs> sure. So those are the key injuries. Nope. We got no no action in the Gmail, no action on the Facebook, and no action in the voicemail box. So those are all Gucci there. Um, and so that that was the last thing you wanted to do in the Fantasy Zone, Josh. I don't know if this yes, is- it is. Okay. All right. Well, then we'll move right into the week nine home results, and I'll go first this week. But it's going to take me a second to one on the. Hey, I'm done. All right. So, anyways, Vikings. Oofta. That's uh, we lost in Kansas woof. City, 23 to 26. It wasn't a woof of a game, but um, you know it's disappointing to lose, losing by three, especially how that game went. Um, I, I don't really have a structure to what I want to say. Obviously, we always talk longer when our teams lose versus when our teams win. But we punted eight times. That was fucking brutal. Um, our first two drives of the game, we went three and out both of those. And our last two drives of the game, we went three and out both of those. So there's four punts right there. Those are not times we would not have punts. Everyone in this league wants to start hot and to finish well. And we did neither of those um, on offense, at least. And the defense wasn't stellar either. Um, in, in some moments, I'd say the defense definitely performed better than the offense this week. But we lost. It was a, definitely a full team loss. Special team screwed up at the end. Um, you know, it, it was a complete team loss for sure. The box was stacked most of the day. The O-line couldn't handle it completely. Um, Cousins had like six to eight air balls, which is really not great to see. Um, but Kirk Cousins is average, so that's going to happen, I guess, from time to time. Tyreek Hill was going to get loose. I know he did kind of burn the team, but I, I suspected that to happen. Tyreek Hill is a freak athlete, so I'm not upset at our defense necessarily for his uh, big performance because you know it's going to happen when a guy like that's on the field. Um, the defense, like I said, did okay. They had five sacks. We had two forced fumbles on defense. We didn't recover either of them, though, so that was tragic. We did have the special teams fumble recovery at the beginning of the second half, so that was good. But then again, Colquitt shake that punt at the end which helps seal the game uh, zimmer in his continuing efforts to derail the team in key moments uh, he called a pretty ill-advised timeout near the end um, he did it he did a very similar thing earlier this year well essentially it was for, it was first down we sacked him second down it was like a short gain i think and then third down um you know, the, the Chiefs had the ball, and they were in field goal range, and Zimmer, instead of just letting the Chiefs snap the ball, he called a timeout and let the offense reset themselves. And it didn't make sense to me, and it didn't make sense to a lot of people on Reddit, so you know it has to be real. Um, but, you know, that was a game where the Andy Reid was not a slouch. We said that coming in, and we needed to score a lot of points to win, and we did not score a lot of points. Is it on? team has a bunch of losers in NASA. So yeah, it uh, it wasn't great. Josh, your thoughts on the Vikes game? Um, I mean, I think I found Zimmer's kryptonite, and that's uh, backup quarterbacks. <laughs> For real, dude. Um, first Foles in the playoffs a couple years ago. Then it was Chase Daniel a couple weeks ago, and then uh, uh, I, don't, I don't even remember his first name. Kellen Moore, Chad Moore, Mike Moore. Oh fuck, uh, Matt, right. Matt, Moore. Matt Moore. Matt Moore. There we go. I knew I was getting closer. You threw me off with all the different first names. It's like fuck. What is it? Yeah, no, Matt Moore. Exactly. That's. I mean, backup <laughs> right. quarterback. So get ready for uh, Tim Boyle when you play the Viking or the Packers in uh, Week 16. Um, defense, but that's because we've already clinched the playoffs. So right. Uh, defense, I think, was the bigger issue. Not necessarily Cousins. I mean, yeah, he had those. Uh, bad passes but the defense didn't force turnovers they let uh, matt moore and tyreek hill kind of run all over them um not i mean i'm not saying that they were the reason you lost it was both sides of the ball um couldn't get the run game going uh, my bold prediction of um cook having 250 plus yards last week kind of he had like 90 i think maybe. yeah kind of failed but hey hot take this week cook gets 500 yards <laughs> against Dallas. um but then yeah the clock management thing was a silly thing it wasn't just reddit 
they said it on the radio too and the radio kind of is, is it trumps reddit in my Who's opinion that a charge your favorite oh god if charge said it then i'd be saying zim has excellent <laughs> excellent fun fact though mike or wabi yep he was let go no longer a vikings employee oh really yeah about time I don't know. I mean, I guess I, he seemed fine at his job. He wasn't exciting, but I guess I don't know why that. How many times can someone predict fourteen and two and be wrong and keep his job? I don't think he ever predicted fourteen and two. Every single year for the last fifty years. That uh, that's obviously not true, uh, but that surprised me. I guess I didn't know that until just now. Interesting. Okay. Anyways, moving on. Yeah. Um, Packers game uh, didn't happen. Um, so <laughs> what else did you watch on uh, Sunday? No, yeah, I watched the I watched the early game, Houston. Um, Josh, you gotta I take guess. your lumps like everybody else. Green Bay lost eleven to twenty nine. Um, quote from the entire locker room: "Pathetic." Um, I, I mean, Jesus tried to warn Lombardi, and I warned everybody, every one of our listener. Um, and so. It goes directly to that quote. That team came out to play. They were hungry. Um, even Rodgers said the team or the Packers were very lazy. Um, it, it was just, I mean, the, off, the run defense is questionable as Cam Newton's foot. I put that in there before the IR news. Um, and then offense was slower than a fat kid deciding his last meal in prison. It was bad. Um, and so it was just um, penalty after penalty. The offensive line couldn't keep stop Bosa or Ingram. And so obviously that's going to cause some issue. Um, there were some moments of positivity. Um, I mean, holding them to five field goals, the defense, and they had short field position a couple times. Um, I mean, that was great. That's, you know, that's a bend but don't break type of defense. The fact that... The Leslie Frazier special, they call that. The fact that Green Bay only put up 11 points is the reason they lost that. Um, but... Even Rodgers said that they came out uh, very slow, lethargic, um, somewhat calling his team out for being hungover even. Yeah, I mean, that was, I, mean I, I don't think they were necessarily using it as an excuse, but I heard the broadcaster say it, and I heard Rodgers talk about it today. There's something about their travel where they got there late or something. Yeah, they left. They usually get there at like... Uh, saturday morning i think or friday or, evening or, oh they have like a well most teams have like a saturday walkthrough and then they leave like early afternoon so that they're maybe like six or seven wherever they're going usually yeah and i don't think they got there until like 10 minutes before game time oh <laughs> really yeah so <laughs> the plane get lost or yeah no they didn't take a plane they took ubers they took an uber from green bay wisconsin to los angeles california cross-country road trip bro i mean hey if <laughs> <laughs> now it seems like a great time to do it um i think josh was transitioning out there because he started eating so i mean me josh and t text together regularly and during the pack and we i mean i'll take shots of the vikings i'll take shots of the packers i'll say good things about the vikings i'll say good things about the packers i had to stop texting josh during this game because the pack i mean the packers will get over it they're a really good team but they were not a good team on Sundays. Like I, I can't be fair here in my in my texting conversation. So I just had to like stop talking because I couldn't say good things about the Packers because it was getting brutal. Um, but you know, I'm giving credit to the Chargers, of course, because that was the team that you know the Chargers were supposed to be early in the year, and the Chargers always start slow. But usually by like week six or seven, the Chargers start picking things up. Maybe week eight at the latest. A week nine, um, you know, good game against a great team is kind of a late bloom for the Chargers. But they're unlucky every year, so we'll see what they do. Um, what i write down oh while above average and calm almost always rogers is still human at the end of the day and just like any other quarterback in this league pressure is gonna ruin your mojo um you know bringing mojo full circle so you know when rogers gets guys in his face like joey bosa um is uh, melvin ingram i think is his name um 
on that Chargers D-line. They're, uh, Rogers not going to have a good day when he's getting knocked on his ass or getting guys in his face, even if he's not getting knocked on his ass. So that wasn't good. But there was no turnovers in the game. I thought that was interesting. You'd think it would be a game where the Packers kind of beat themselves and not necessarily. It's not like they made a lot of mistakes other than just not executing plays. But, I mean, time of possession, 35 minutes for the Chargers, 24 minutes for the Packers. So full extra 11 minutes for the Chargers, keeping the ball out of Rogers' hand and uh, getting his face. A great way to beat him, and that's what the Chargers did. Yep. Um, there's only one undefeated team in the NFL. That's true. Um, that was a good Thursday night game. I watched maybe a quarter. That was um, a good transition, Josh. I like that. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh my gosh. Compliments. I know. Um, but uh, New England lost to Baltimore. I mean, I, I think I saw it. Oh, I, your original hot take was Baltimore is going to lose to New England in the playoffs. I could see that coming. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, that's Belichick does not forget about a loss like that. He'll come back and be like, "No, I think he has a tattoo of every loss on his body." So um, <laughs> that's why he wears those big hoodies to. Yeah, cover no, him. when he starts wearing sleeves is when you know he has a problem. Um, <laughs> he ran out of surface area. Exactly. Uh, I thought it was interesting that Kyle called it. He yeah. he said that he didn't want his upset to be counted unless the Ravens won by ten, which I think was awesome. Well, I don't I don't know if he said that explicitly, but yeah, he, when he picked it, I was like, "You're a brave man," and he was like ravens by 10 i was like oh fuck all right kyle yep i mean i already talked about nfc north taking a bye um although it is still even though the vikings and packers lost i still get joy out of laughing at the bears struggles um <laughs> i i called it i called it arizona i mean they tried to make a game against san francisco Kenyon drake had a lights out game just amazing for someone who was just traded earlier this week uh miami won a game without drake so you could say that Kenyon drake is undefeated without miami and you could say that miami is undefeated without Kenyon drake they were holding each other back somehow exactly um and then cleveland is done they lost to question mark allen and a very bad denver team i'm pretty sure it's brandon but yeah um yeah that's uh cleveland what the fuck are you doing man the fact that brian called it by the way we'll talk about it in locks and well i probably wouldn't have mentioned it in locks and but brian called that when brian picked denver over cleveland i was like brian you're a fucking idiot and i would have said that to his face but brian I have egg on my face now, sir, because you were correct. Josh, you want to talk about next week? Were those all the watchable moments for you? Or no, you have something else here? I do. I Josh have something else. Football. And and can you spell it for the folks? Uh, football. Hold on. Let me make sure I have the correct number of O's. I got to scroll back to the left here. It was F-O-O-B-A-W in all caps. Fubal. Fubal. So, Garlic, do you remember the beginning of the year? We always do that 256 game prediction segment. Yeah, we sure do. Yep. I took the time, or I've been taking the time to give ourselves an assigned score for Ugh. each week. I recall and, at the end of last year, I didn't do great, so I can only imagine what this and is going to so, like. and, and this is actually not, I would consider this to be good. And so just a very brief overview, through nine weeks, we are sitting, you're sitting at 64.1% correctness in your predictions just on a game-to-game basis just on a game-to-game basis all the way back i'm sitting at 69.26 all right so you're beating me by five percent so yes fuck you and we're gonna get into so if you scroll over to the right on this spreadsheet and folks sorry this is going to be numbers driven okay i mean they everyone who listens to this has access to the spreadsheet if they care to look at it oh is that why i saw a random person in there once uh aaron yeah aaron for some reason he doesn't listen to this podcast but he i sent him the link to the google sheets thing it never works for him so i have to like share it with his gmail um he doesn't have edit access the only person who has edit access for some reason is fucking walters god damn it but so the on a week by week basis 
we have I, I have it sorted on yours for um, kind of worst to first as far as your overall week by week projection. So when you went through all 16 games, if they won or lost that week, this that's your percentage of accuracy. Not necessarily if you had their record at this time correct, but your accuracy for that time frame. So you're talking about the column Q? Just make sure I know this. This means no one else to, or means the one that's a per, yeah, the, the the one that you have highlighted. Okay, yep. so I'll say the two next to each other are percentages. So column Q is what you're referring to currently. Yes, weekly picks. Okay, so I'm doing the worst with the Bucks. Yep. So your worst is the Bucks right now. Oh, no one's at a hundred. Damn it! I was not on yours. Have, I was hoping to have one. Who I, on the other hand, have a team at a hundred. <laughs> it's just because you picked Cincinnati only. <laughs> It is because I had Cincinnati at 0-8 at this point. Um, if you want to look at some of the other ones, um, I have Seattle, 88.9. New Orleans at 88.9. Um, the Miami Dolphins, 88.9. And then we get to the 87.5s. I mean, that's your highest with New York Jets, New York Jets Cincinnati. But where, where it is different is where I did good, you, you know, you finished a little bit different. But I have the worst record because I had the Chargers at 8-1 at this point, and that is only 33% accurate throughout the weeks. Um, my next one is – my next two are tied for your worst. So kind of – I would say we're pretty close across the board there. The next one, the column to the left, is the percent error. And if we were to sort by that, which we could if you wanted, but I don't want to take time because sure. life is hard. Yep. Um, that's the percentage, their win percent compared to um, the projected percent. So if you have a 0%, that's the percent difference between um, what they're at right now for overall record and what you projected them to be at at this point. So I guess we should sort it because then we could find out how many teams, because we do have quite a few teams that are dead on. I know I was dead on with the Atlanta Falcons from earlier, but I'll let you take control and sort it because I seem to have lost that control off the top of my head. So I'll just, we'll vamp here. And again, this isn't interesting to anyone else, but Josh and I go through and predict 256 NFL season games. So I Before mean, the season. Right. So the <laughs> injuries, trades, all of that jazz. Like, it was like preseason week three or something. So like there's still injuries. There's still things that happened. Anyways. All right. There we go. Ooh. So I am perfect with three teams. Oh, fuck. You're perfect with six teams i'm perfect with three though i'm so happy about that yeah and what's funny is that your three teams that you're perfect with one of them you've only gotten 50 percent of the weeks correct so where they've won a game you've projected them to lose half the time well i mean yeah that's pittsburgh though pittsburgh pittsburgh uh, was supposed to be a much different team right it's still four and four yep and so uh, the only team that i'm 100 100 on is cincinnati <laughs> at 0 <and> 8 yep <laughs> Oh, man. Poor Cincinnati. All right, that's cool, though. So I'm perfect with Pittsburgh, Denver, and Atlanta. And weirdly enough, I mean, all our good teams seem to be bad teams, except for, well, no, I mean, you're more of a mixed bag. All my teams that I was accurate with are bad teams. Yeah, I had Tampa Bay at 0-8 at this point. That was a little off. And I was wrong. Oh, yeah, I suppose with San Fran, I had a 5-3. and three. What's your what's your San Fran at? Oh, your San Fran's at 25? You had them at 6-2 and two at this point? You hate San Fran. Yeah. And they're 8-0. No. Yeah. It's just interesting to me, Mr. Mitchell, if I'm allowed to be interested by things. No. Oh, okay, my bad. 
but yeah so just just a little fun thing that i thought we could do to see how accurate we are i know last year we did a run through at the very end of the season it got a little bit uh long figure we do one about halfway through the season we might do and then i'll add to it as uh or when the season finishes i'm not going to add to it every week because yeah what would be the most interesting is just to see how close we are with all the like major pundits to see if there's any difference between people who get paid millions of dollars to do this versus us who right and i lose I, money to do I, this i i looked i looked to at that and tried to find it and i think they saw our spreadsheet and deleted all of their predictions they're like holy fuck these guys are good yeah they're no better um, than us although james jones is 100 percent with green bay i don't know if you know that because they did the projection or predictions and he had them at seven at two at this point so james jones good for him guy who knows a lot about that organization all right, so that was Josh's mini. Uh, let's check out how cool we are segment. And Josh, I appreciate that because I feel cooler. We will now move on to previewing week 10. And I have to write down a fucking time as we start previewing week 10. Okay, Vikings in Dallas, Sunday night football. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. This game is a must win. <laughs> Dalvin needs to shred them. Stefanski needs to adjust if and if slash when needed stefanski has been maybe the question mark and at least definitely our bears loss um and our and our loss last week to kansas city it seems like the offense just doesn't switch gears quite soon enough like we had one pretty successful drive against both those teams we went to the hurry up offense and i know you can't do the hurry up constantly all the time but if that works, I mean, it shows you that changing is different. It seems like Stefanski, for whatever reason, is unwilling to adjust quite soon enough. Um, but so bigger picture, I said this game is a must win at the beginning. Bigger picture, Vikes will have zero success in the postseason unless we are at home, saying we need to win out. This week was a great opportunity for the Vikings to tie the pack. Of course, they have the division on us, but if we have a better record than the pack, the division record doesn't matter. So this was a great opportunity for us to tie the pack. We didn't do that. Luckily, the pack lost, so we're still where we were. But we will not. this Vikings team will not go into New Orleans or Green Bay or Dallas, or San Fran, or Seattle, or whoever else might win a division, we will not go into their home in the playoffs and win. Plain and simple. So this game is, starts like a must-win streak of games, and it's a must-win. We got to win the division um, from the pack. Otherwise, we'll go one and out for sure. Those are all my thoughts. We got to win. Skull. Yeah. I, I mean, it's cousins in prime time versus a team with a winning record. That that whole uh, that whole concept's been paraded around for decades, it seems. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, mm-hmm. Are you going to get a cousins that proves the haters wrong, or are you going to get a cousins who historically has shown up and just crapped his pants when he realizes well, everybody's watching? I mean, he he generally loses those games. It's not that Cousins is ever bad, though. Like, his statistics are fine, whether it's garbage time or not. It's just that he doesn't win or he has, like, a bad moment. So it's not not like he's going to flounder the whole game, I guess. Right. So so you're saying if he gets sacked, sack fumbled once, that's and then throws one pick, that's okay? Uh, It depends on what happens. I guess the situation. Right. I would say if it's, like, early in the game and the Vikes bounce back, if it's, like, remember, I mean, we were texting back and forth in the KC game. It was 23-23, two minutes left. It was, like, the I mean, this isn't true because it's a team game, but I was, like, oh, God, our fate rests on the shoulders of Kirk Cousins is what I said, I think, or something very close to that. So if he throws a pick in that situation, then, yeah, the stigma continues. Okay. No, I'm just curious. I mean, I have – obviously got to watch the game and see what happens because anything can happen um and so i you just know that they're going to bring that narrative up during oh, the broadcast 100 percent. i mean this yeah. is going to be uh, chris collinsworth and uh 
Oh, Al Michaels. Yeah. Forgot his name for a second. So. Yeah. Um, green, and that, that's really all I had. Did you have any more to add to that? No. I mean, it's a must win. Vikes got to do it. Let's go, baby. I mean, this is not a must win for Green Bay, but I'm going to say it is. It is a home game. Um, they're playing the five and three Carolina Panthers. Um, at this point, it's the five and three Chris McCaffrey's um, because he is their offense. Um, for the seventh time this season, stop the run, you turds. Last week, we let uh, L.A. run all over us. We lost time of possession. We lost the game. Um, and then Rivers had the opportunity to throw the ball because they were so focused on the run half the time. Ten in the box for McCaffrey and put three spies on him. I do not care if you have single-man coverage on four wide receivers. Maybe if we do that, we'll hold them to just under 250 total yards. If you're lucky. Yeah, if we're lucky. Um, offensive line, I, the note I have, where's cinder blocks on your shoes to stop from moving early the false starts against la had me furious i mean if they did that and they didn't move at all they'd still be as effective blocking as they were in la so it's not like it's much different for the offense it's just it eliminates those penalties that's really all i had it's it's i'm going to say it's a must win to kind of right the ship even though one game loss isn't exactly tipping the ship over but when the division's as close as it is with Minnesota, all it takes is Green Bay to lose and Minnesota to win for for things to, you know, momentum to shift, essentially. Right. And uh, I guess I don't have anything new to add. I mean, certainly the X factor in this game is, is, is Christian McCaffrey going to run for 4,000 yards or is Green Bay going to be able to stop him? I said, look at the example of Notor. I mean, it's uh, rankings suck for the purpose that Kansas City in the beginning of the year was terrible. In the last couple weeks against the run, they've been improving. They were still ranked 30th, but then they stuffed up Dalvin pretty good all game. Packers struggle against the run early that doesn't mean they're going to struggle this week we can see that a team that is quote-unquote notoriously bad at stopping the run can have a great week against a great runner that's going to be the x factor in this game um they have a great i mean there's nothing it's not like they see this on film everyone knows you keep the ball out of the other team's playmakers hands you're gonna win the chargers did it the um, the panthers can do it coming into lambo is tough um, hopefully the Packers will be motivated after a almost not quite a trap game, but almost a trap game of losing a game you weren't supposed to lose. Um, we'll see. I mean, this this will be a great thing of how Lafleur and Rodgers kind of deal with that quote unquote adversity. Although I don't know if you really have adversity as a seven and two team or no six and three, no, seven and three, seven and two, seven and two. Okay, excuse me. Um, so, but yeah, we'll see. And uh, you know, it's it, the Panthers could win, but they have to. It's certainly harder for them to win. So that's all I have. Yeah, any other tingles and jingles? Oh, Josh, there'd be some tingles and there'd be some jingles this week. Um, we're both excited, I think, for the Thursday night game. I've sort of uh, rubbed off on you, rubbed you off enough <laughs> um, to make you interested in the Chargers. They play the Raiders on Thursday night. It's in Oakland, which makes it just kind of a little more spicy. I like both these teams. If they could both get a win, that'd be great. We'll see what happens, though. Um, Detroit plays Chicago this week, so that'll be exciting. Uh, just because it's a divisional matchup both teams are bad currently chicago's favored i think just because it's in chicago but i'm pretty sure detroit will win that game josh you wrote this one down talk about atlanta nolens yeah i mean I, I wrote that down i think you know atlanta one and seven new orleans seven and one the records don't don't hint at a good game but it is a division matchup all those are always fun to watch um so they they see each other regularly you i mean we've seen it before in the nfc north teams that are have opposite records like this they can still be good close games um 
I don't think that's going to be the case. I think that New Orleans is going to stomp Atlanta. Um, but I have a friend who's an Atlanta fan on uh, Facebook as well as in New Orleans fan because they're both from down there. And it's always fun to watch that kind of altercation between the two of them. So I just, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that more than the game. Right. I mean, yeah, that, I think that's a great element to be excited for on paper. I, you know, I personally think this game's going to be a blowout and it should be. But those divisional games, I mean, you see those opponents a lot versus, you know, we play the Kansas City Chiefs and you play the Chargers once every four years. You know, this game's a little different. So it could be crazy. I don't think it will be, but we'll see. And then San Fran plays Seattle, another divisional game. Yeah, I added that one in this morning after doing the other ones uh, yesterday yep. because I didn't realize that they played each other. And well, the first time and of the that year, is, that, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. That is the game of the week. Ooh, that, is that America's game of the week or is that the overdoses game of the week? <laughs> That's the overdoses game of the week. Nice. How many America ain't got nothing on us. How many people do you think will overdose during that game? Uh, depends on who's winning. That's, well, so which, which what's the population which, of each city which fan base is more likely to overdose if they're losing seattle or san fran um i would say san fran i think seattle i, I, I think seattle is um i think they're excited to have this opportunity um doesn't quote unquote they haven't played anybody um, right right um and so this is going to be seattle's opportunity to prove themselves up against an undefeated team and this is san francisco's first test essentially right um and so san fran jimmy g i've always been ragging on him he had a great game last week i can't deny that um and so i i mean it'll be interesting to watch um i'm just i'm excited for it josh gordon's on the seattle seahawks so go seahawks skull seahawks i don't even know what the chant is uh, they're all about the 12th man so i don't know if they have a chant but you just gotta it's the 12th man deal yep Raise so i think it's hilarious i think it's funny that uh jg12 he has it tattooed on his body goes to another team where 12 is a retired number and you can't wear it so i mean not that the patriots had a retired number but i mean no one's taking 12 from brady <laughs> well you know if, the, if someone were to do it um I, I also found it interesting that I, I listened to the radio that Russell Wilson was pushing Seattle to get Antonio Brown. I mean, I think he just wants like not that Tyler Lockett's bad. He just wants obviously a big name receiver. But true, yeah. true. And I, but I mean, having Josh Gordon sign with them, they're instantly a better team. Um, say what you will. Um, he's better than he's better than their three right now. They're 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 three wide out, not their top three. Because I, I, I was gonna say Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf have both been pretty solid this year. Yep, and I think that Metcalf, being a rookie, he's gonna. Um, I think that he's gonna slide into the number three role, give him a little bit more opportunity to build confidence. He's been having great weeks back to back now. Um, but Josh Gordon is a vet in this league, so I think he might see a little bit more snaps and a little bit more um, usage, even if DK has um, maybe not usage, but he'll see um, some snaps in that two spot. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Josh likes to think I hate Josh Gordon so much. I just hate how much I feel Josh exaggerates about Josh Gordon. So I try and like tamp that down. Uh, Josh Gordon has the ability to be great. We've all seen incredibly talented. He hasn't done it in a while, though. I think he's had what he had maybe one good game with the Pats this year, maybe one or two good games with the Pat last year. So I mean, yep. No, and I mean, I'm willing to let the guy do great things, but I won't believe it till I see it. No, and I'm not saying that he's going to be like the guy over DK Metcalf. I already know Lockett's going to be the guy, um, but if he gets integrated into that offense, I think that Russell Wilson having three weapons of that potential is going to be dangerous. It's certainly a chance to be something special. I agree with you that there. All right, Josh, you got anything else you want to talk about for Jingle? How about some locks and upsets? I just, uh, I just blew out some people's speakers because I had 
turned down the volume on the wrong knob. I am what you would call a bad producer, and I also missed what the segment start time was, so I'm really just fucking up over here bad. But anyways, um, we have a new... Well, we don't have a new leader. Jalen's still up top, 23 points. However, we have another person who is now tied with Jalen for... Like, tied for first place with another 23 points. That is the Mr. Kyle Jeffnogger. Both Jalen and Kyle have 23 points. Kyle has been doing it with some not questionable upsets, but definitely some good upset picks out of Kyle. He's been doing great things. Kyle... I wish you all the best. I know you don't listen, but good Some luck. Some might call him the ball whisperer. The ball, the ball whisperer? Is that the foobal whisperer. The foobal whisperer. Ball whisperer for short. Bow whisperer. Uh, I don't think anyone's ever called him that, but I suppose you could trademark it right now if you want to. Um, so J- Jalen and Kyle are tied for the top, so we'll see how they do this week. T is still in second. He's only one point back. He's been right there in the number two. So I guess he's technically in third now, but he's been right there one point back pretty much the whole year. Brad somehow in fourth. Then you got Nikita, Brian at 18. I'm at 17. Jordan, Josh are at 16. Um, Then we got Walters, Jesse down there, 15. Eric's 14. Derek, 13. And Aaron, 12. Josh and I kind of continue to slide down after having success early. But I think I'm thinking... Thinking week 12 is when we're going to open up to two upsets, Josh, because it hasn't gotten crazy out of hand. Aaron, the guy in last place, is only 11 points back, which is, what is that, four weeks, technically? I think I think 12 is a fair fair opportunity, yeah. Right. So I think that's when we're going to open it up for the kind of few people that play locks and upsets and listen. But it's an exciting leaderboard so far. Josh, we got this week? Um, I've got New Orleans as my lock over Atlanta. We talked about that being a good game, potentially close. Um, it's not going to be. Um, that is my lock. Um, my upset, I have Carolina over Green Bay. It worked for me two weeks ago, um, projecting KC over Green Bay with the Green Bay getting a win. So if I lose it this week, I don't care. So at this point, you're not necessarily trying to win the $140. You're just trying to get Green Bay more wins. Yes. But I'm that, cheating. I'm can, cheating that Roger Goodell hit me up. You can only do that every other week, though. So that means you guys could lose every other week. What week? Can I hit him on 16? Uh, you can, I don't know. So you can hit him again on, yeah, you can hit him. So it'd be 12, it'd be all the events, 12, 14, and 16. You son of a bitch. I don't, that wouldn't be an upset though. Cause we would not be favored in that game. So you'd have to pick him as a lock, I guess. Yeah. Cause Minnesota will not, will uh, very unlikely be favored in week 16. Okay. Even though it's, well, actually it's at home. I don't know. We've talked about this too long, but we'll see. Um, so this week I've got also got New Orleans over Atlanta. Stone cold lock of the century. How come you get a sounder? What's that? How come you get a sounder? Do you want one? Find one. Send it to me. I'll play it. I got one. Yeah, okay. Vikings are terrible. Fuck you, Josh. Go back to your road blow. And then for some reason, I think it's only because the game's in Chicago. Chicago is currently favored. So I got Detroit over Chicago as my upset. Um, I guess we'll see. But Mitch Trubisky is bad. Eric says Green Bay over Carolina. Oh, yep. And that then that isn't that what how it not worked out for you last week? Or no, no, it no, was it was Aaron. It, it was, was the Derek, last place. It was Derek and Aaron both had Green Bay winning last week. Eric's is Eric's is pretty close to last third place, to last. So yeah. uh, Nikita, your lovely wife, also has New Orleans. She has Minnesota over Dallas, so she's going with the homer pick. I like it. I didn't want to pick Minnesota. I think I've avoided picking them almost every week. Um, Mr. Walmers himself has Baltimore over since he has a lock. That's a good one. And then he also has Minnesota over Dallas. So I, I think some of us here are trying to you know will them to success this week. 
T, New Orleans over Atlanta, Detroit over Chicago. So me and T are the exact same. Mr. Brian Knup. He's got Indianapolis over Miami. That's a pretty good lock, except Brian Hoy is your quarterback right now in Indy, so woof. Um, he's got Oakland over the Chargers. I don't know how I feel about that one. It's only one point spread either way, but my heart tells me the Chargers should win that game. But uh, John Gruden's no slouch, so we'll see. Josh, how do you feel like the locks and upsets is going to finish for you? Think you'll be able to sneak back up there or no? Absolutely not. No? Okay. I gave up week three. <laughs> the three, the week you went 0 for your yep. three points, 0 for your two picks. Yep. All right. Well, that's that's locks and upsets, Josh. Uh, you got to you gotta do this next thing here. <gasps> week nine. Fantasy fun time. Boop, I feel like with as much energy you put into it, we have to. We should save a sponsor for after that. All that effort you put in, but we we blow our load of sponsors early. Um. Yeah, I have nothing near me. <laughs> okay. Um, grain of salt. I will start this week okay. because I turned the ship in the same direction. I went three <laughs> and two, um, getting a win in. Uh, Two leagues I didn't expect to get a win in, one of them by two-tenths of a point. Um, lost in both the redraft and the dynasty league. Brian wanted an excuse as to why I lost. I was going to bring it up if you didn't. You lost to Brian in the redraft league, like you said. No, I didn't. I lost to Robin. Oh, and then I lost to Brian. Did no, you? I didn't. No, I think you did just lose to Robin. I don't know. I just lost to Robin. I guess why Brian. I'm curious why Brian was so interested. Oh, in because last week I had an excuse as to Devonta Adams not in. Oh, sure, that's right. And of, you lost to Brian the week before then. Well, I don't know. I don't remember. But yeah, no, I got sun <laughs> in my eyes this week. And oh, so that's the what the sun was in my eyes. I missed a couple things, and and so it, it really led to me having a downplayed uh, team. Um, <laughs> a team. But that just like just go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna go ahead and throw this out there. Brian's kind of on the the hot seat right now because my vote is to keep him in the league next year as well. So you're changing your vote to going pro 12 or pro 14, Josh? I haven't decided yet. Depends on how nice Brian is in his next email. We haven't heard from him in a couple weeks. I think he's scared of you, Josh. I think he I think he doesn't want to jinx his success. He's he has, he's on a four win streak, I believe. That's true. In the redraft. Yep. Like. Yep. Um so go on. Your turn now. Yeah. yeah. Um so I mean, I I think at eight teams, I've kind of I should have accepted this fact much earlier in the year, but I'm not going to have an eight no week being in eight leagues. It's just not going to happen. My best week was week one, six and two. Since then, I've been right in the middle. No more than five wins. No more than five losses. This week, I was on the positive side. I went five and three. Uh, lost to my most expensive week, so that's a little brutal. I have four in a row in my second most expensive week, so that's good. Started out one and four. I'm now five and four, so that that feels good, man. Overall, thirty nine and thirty three on the year. So when you listen to my fantasy advice coming up take it with a grain of average salt yeah so top performers of the week we've got quarterback russell wilson 39 jimmy g 29 and lamar jackson almost called lashawn jackson (laughs) lashawn jackson uh 28.5 running backs christian cheat code mccaffrey with 37 and a half kenyon drake 28 and melvin gordon with 26 Wide receivers, we've got Tyler Lockett, 40, Mike Evans, 36, and then another Seahawk, DK Metcalf, 27. Tight ends, we've got Zach Hertz, 25, (laughs) Noah Fart, 20.5, and George Kittle, 20. You have an absolutely breathtaking hiney. Although one of Hertz's catches potentially should have been overturned because he punched a guy in the face and it didn't get called. Did the guy have it coming, though, Josh? 
Probably, well, I think he insulted his dog, so he mm. probably should have done more than that. Is Zach Hurts John Wick? Have you ever seen them in the same place at the same time? I have not. <sighs> Keanu is Zach Hurts. Confirmed. Sorry. All right. So, Josh, after we do the top performers of the week and breathtaking high knees, we talk about studs and duds. And tying back into the top performers of the week, my stud last week was Tevin Coleman. Okay. I was like, oh, man, this Eric's guy from fucking Latvia. I essentially took advice from some guy in a country most people have n- didn't know exist. Fucking Eastern European nonsense. Okay. I was like, oh, yeah, Tevin Coleman, you know, his other two running backs are banged up. He should have a great week. He's projected 16.5. That's pretty good. But, you know, I think he has a great opportunity. Nope. Tevin Coleman puts down fucking 5.6. Josh, do you remember who my other stud pick was going to be? Who it was before Tevin Coleman? No. It was fucking Noah Fant. He was projected six last week, and I was, I was just scrolled all the way to the bottom. I was like, you know what? I've been sucking in studs and duds. Let me find a stud who's not going to hurt me but could greatly help me. Noah Fant projected six, put up 20.5. I fucked myself, Josh. Wow. Damn you, Eric's. Sorry, that was a little bit of a rant. But Deshaun Watson was my dud. He technically was a dud. Only got uh, 19.7 to his 21.1 projection. I was overall negative nine and a half on the week. Um, on a bright side, Josh, I picked Tyreek Hill, who was projected 14. He got 26 and a half, so I got a positive 12.4. I don't know for certain, but I believe that's my first positive stud since like week one. Um, Probably. My dud, Jameis Winston, was not necessarily a dud, um, but he only got nine or one full point or less just under one full point over his projection so i i finished with a positive 11 and a half i was a little worried because he was sitting at like 18 at halftime so thank you Jameis, for having a bad second half thank you jimmy's eric's fucked me he had tevin coleman negative 10 or negative 11 essentially on the week for his studs and dud kenyon drake was his dud Eric's had a really bad week. Kenyon Drink outscored his projection by 16. Overall, Eric's was negative 27 and a half on the week. Uh, Nikita had Cole Beasley, who had a touchdown catch on the, the first or second drive of the game as her stud. He did not do anything else after that. Finished with negative 0.6. Um, but she had Adam Thielen as her dud because she punched him in the thigh pregame. I think she did. And he went out there. Played a couple plays. We saw Kirk Cousins throw the ball so he would get injured, um, and he got a zero, giving Nikita a positive 13.7 on the week. Good job, Nikita. Walmers, he nailed it with Devin Singletary, projected 9.6, actually got 23. Marvin Jones, though, not so hot. He was projected 13, actually got 26. Overall negative, or Jesus, I can't even put sentences together. Overall, Walters was just a cunt hair positive this week at point four. Wasn't that the last of the uh, the regulars? Uh, I mean, it's the last of the regulars. I mean, there's only Brian left. Oh, I, I didn't realize Brian was still on there. Uh, Brian had Cole Beasley as well. He, as we talked about, got negative 0.6. But then his dud, Mark Ingram, got 14.4, uh, netting him a negative 3.4 total. Brian has one good week, and he's been negative the last two weeks. Not so easy, is it, Mr. Brian? Yeah. No. Um, so now we're going to go, and we're going to look at the, the original five scoreboard. Okay. Because I would not get a chance to sleep in my bed if I didn't bring it up. You have to. Um, you have to. At this point, Nikita is first overall with positive 16.4. <gasps> Garlic is in second with 5.3. Josh is hovering in the middle, um, kind of dead even between last and first at negative 6.6. Wolmers is where he belongs, negative 23.5. And Eric's is bad at negative 23.6. So they are literally neck and neck for last place. They're trying to outlose each other, I think, at this point. Sarcastable. <laughs> Sarcastable? 
Oh, that's the that's the wrong thing. I'm thinking. I mean, South Park. I was thinking South Park, but I was thinking of the little league where they try to lose so they can enjoy summer. Oh. And then I I got it mixed up with Sarcastic Ball, which is the football episode. So you know. Get your shit together, Josh. I mean, South I'm Park bad. references on the show are important. Okay. If we were to toss Brian Bat in Stone. the mix, Brian would be in first with 34.3, but he cheats because he has one week of 40.5. And he's only played for three weeks so far. I mean, he is playing this week as well, but he has a smaller sample size. Yeah, speaking of this week, who do you got? This week, Josh, I'm not going to fuck myself again. Even if I do bad, it won't hurt too bad. Old BC Johnson, 5.5 is my stud. He gets two catches for 40 yards. He outscores that. Zeke, I got as my dud. Uh, it's probably going to hurt me in the end, but Zeke's projected 19.8. He's going up against a Vikings defense that I hope can do something to stop him. Um, so we'll see. I'm going bold. My stud this week, Christian McCaffrey, projected 25.4. As we talked about, he's playing the putrid Green Bay run defense, and he's the only offense on that team. He should put up that on the first drive. My dud for this week is Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt's coming back into the fold. Not sure what his usage is going to be, but it is going to cut into his usage, I feel. And as we've found out, the Browns are bad. He's projected 17.6. Yeah, the Browns are done this year, dude. Eric's has Eric Ebron keeping it close to home. He's only projected 7.3, so he's got a good chance there. He's got Juju as his dud. I guess Eric's, like everyone else, doesn't like what he's seen out of Mason Rudolph. Um, so, I mean, that's not quite that big of a dud, only a projected 11.5, but we'll see what Juju does. Nikita has Latavius Murray as a stud pick at 9.4. Um, it's possible. I mean, they're playing a terrible Atlanta team. Terrible. Um, and they might, be, they might be slow to bring back Kamara. Yep, yep. And so I think that's a good pick there. Chris Carson has her dud going up against uh, the um, San, Fran. San Fran's defense. That's a good pick as well. 14.5 is his projection. Um, so, yeah, I like those picks. Yeah, Walters has got Josh Jacobs as a stud going against the Chargers. The only reason I don't like this one is because Thursday night games are traditionally wonky besides the Packers-Philadelphia game earlier this year. Um, so I don't think Josh Jacobs will quite get there, Walters. So I don't who the fuck is calling me unbelievable no respect sorry mr jordan i can't answer right now um she's reset walters has stefan diggs as his dud projected 14.6 i like this a lot only because i saw that adam thielen is going to be probably out this week so um stefan diggs is going to get all the attention old obese johnson's not gonna get a lot of attention because his name's fucking old obese so um and his last name's johnson Only idiots have the last name Johnson. Right, Garlic Johnson? Right. Fuck face. Um, But anyway, so assuming Adam Thiele doesn't play, I think Diggs is actually a great dud pick, unfortunately, for my favorite team. Uh, Brian has David Carr, uh, quarterback for the Oakland Raiders. David Uh, Carr, huh? I'm just kidding. Derek Carr. um, David Carr would be quite the stud. Yeah. Projected 15.5. Dud, Albert Wilson, projected (laughs) 9.2. I want to bring this up only because originally he had, I don't even remember what his original dud was. but It he was, was like, Christian McCaffrey. Okay, and then he, he texted me today. He's like, I want to change my dud pick to a thing called Albert Wilson. I thought just the way he said it was funny. That is pretty funny. Haha, <laughs> so funny. Ha, ha, ha. That's all we got for studs and duds this week. So, Brian, good luck. In the overall leaderboard of everybody, Brian, you're in second behind Hammer, so get your ish together josh i noticed you removed your um own your your personal created segment do we not do fancy bold predictions anymore no we do too many bold predictions okie dokie then we will move on to the 
Yeah, to that segment, we have Willie winning our side bet of dead weight, which was the player on the winning team with the lowest overall score. He had Chris Herndon in, who got him a whopping zero points. Good enough for $5. It's true that every man has his price. And it's also true that money won is a lot sweeter than money earned. Now he's a philosophizer. Sorry, I I felt the need to play that. Yeah, and, and I know, so I got to thinking, when we do the brief walkthrough of all the games, Yep. in the first week, didn't we just go through the results, like who won, didn't talk about the players at all, and then the second week, or then the redraft preview is when we actually went into the players and their projections? I mean, obviously there's not projection and results, like I think we both just look at the team scoreboard page, and so you see the results and you just see like the top three guys. Oh, well, so I, think- I just, I mean, I just vaguely recall one of the segments going a lot faster than the other. I mean, that's still the case because the preview always takes longer, so. Okay, fine. Go, start. (laughs) Okay, well, on the top of my list is me. I beat your wife, Josh, 131 uh, to 93.3. Josh Jacobs carried me as well as Kirk Cousins. I don't have the page pulled up. You're going to have to keep going. Oh, my God. All right, so we had a little bit of a domestic this week. Hammer, excuse excuse me, AJ beat Jamie um, 124.3 to 118.8. Jamie could not be carried by Christian McCaffrey, who almost had 40, um, but overall Hammer's team was just much more solid. His top performer only had 19 points, but probably all of his players had 19 points. So um, Hammer, AJ beats Jamie. Still can't get in it. Okay, Uh, Nate... Uh, the worst team of the league beat Garrett, the team who should not be as good as he is. Nate beat him 125.5 to 115.2. Nate was carried by Zach Ertz, Christian, uh, excuse me, Kyler Murray, and the Dallas defense. That's a little bit of a shock. Um, next, we have Willie. Willie smacked Brad. 136 to 64.2. Willie's team is unstoppable. Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Kenny Galladay, woof. The Brady Bradersons were real bad, put up 64 points this week jesse lost to brian 87.6 to 104.7 brian's top performer was sean watson to deandre hopkins combining for 40 points between the two of them split at 19 and a half each mm-hmm. and jamal williams got him 17 <laughs> uh, uh sorry uh, i just noticed a name change in the league that i didn't notice until just now robin <laughs> beat uh his name was the fu Shoe at the time 105.5 to 81.7 robin was carried by derrick henry and harrison butker her kicker uh <laughs> that t name i like that i like that a lot uh anyways robin beats josh 105 to 81 yeah uh lastly right yeah uh we have t getting his ass kicked by derrick um, Derek winning 132.3 with Jimmy G putting up 29, Tyreek Hill putting up 26, and David Montgomery 22. Yeah, sucks to suck T. Derek, Derek I'm thinking Derek's going to sneak it at the eight spot at this point. I think he's going to. I think he'll get it done. All right. Oh, we should probably talk about week 10, though. <laughs> Let's talk about week 10. Who, um, we'll start with uh, my team. Okay. Um, the reason Garlic was laughing was because the Fu Manchu is now renamed to Little League. Um, as a as a taunt to the opponent, big league or T, as they would call him. Currently, oh, there's nothing big about that guy. Let the record show. Not yeah. a lot of people know what T looks like, but he's small. Yep. Let the record show that I'm projected to win 114.5 to his 107. So we're just going to enter the scores in now as that, and we're just going to move on. Seems legit to me. The one thing we didn't mention yet that I mean, it already went out in the text, but the side bet this week, you didn't mention it, did you? No, oh, but okay. it's flexual healing. That is correct. Side bet this week, flexual healing. This, the player with the highest scoring flex player. So what I did is I just took Zeke, 
slotted him right into that flex. Even though I have him as my dud this week, he's easily my best player. That isn't Chris Godwin. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'm going through an ad right now. I play Brian, though. I know that much. Um, God. Yeah. Next, we have uh, Nate going up against Jamie. Nate's 2-7 and seven going up against a 7-2. and two. Currently, Jamie is projected to lose 90.7 to Nate's 99. I'm guessing there's some buys involved. Um or some bench players because Patrick Mahomes is projected points and I don't think she has him in his lineup or her lineup. Um, but, I mean, yeah, Nate's got Lamar Jackson, Saquon, Kyler Murray. I mean, two quarterbacks in his top three. Um, Jamie, you know, Chris McCaffrey, Patrick Mahomes, and Matt Stafford's two quarterbacks in her top three. So, I don't know. I think it can go either way, actually. I think she has some bye week issues. Yeah, I mean, I don't. we didn't pick between you and T, did we? I'll pick T. But, um, I'm going to pick T, too, <laughs> at the rate that I'm going. All right. Uh, so, yeah. <sighs> I'll pick Jamie just because I think Christian McCaffrey does have the opportunity to go off. I don't think we mentioned it yet, but this is the just by rankings, this is the worst rush defense that Christian McCaffrey has played this year, and the dude's the number one um, running back. So he has the great opportunity to do great things. I'm picking Jamie just for that reason. All right. Yeah, no, I went with Nate because Nate doesn't have a tight end yet. And will he ever? Who knows? um okay so that was that and uh, josh you just let me know when we get to me in your lineup next i have willie and hammer is that what you got next yeah all right so we got willie the unstoppable versus hammer the improbable um currently willie's projected to win 133.3 to um aj is 123.6 i mean i i have to pick willie but i think this might be a pretty highly projected hammer team i think we've seen that a couple weeks now where i think his projection is too high but he's been winning games so i you can't i can't personally pick against willie his team is just too stacked yep i've got willie as well yeah, so I feel bad for whoever plays Willie just because their segment's more boring, but, I mean, Willie's team is just godly. Yeah, so. next I have Garrett going up against Jesse, uh, the butt buddies. Um, currently, Jesse's projected to win 123.1 to Garrett's 108.6. Shocker. Um, I think that Jesse's going to win this one. Um, just because I agree, I don't like Garrett's team. Yeah, he's certainly – I mean, this is the Bison Bowl. Uh, Garrett has won more games this year than I thought he would. He's 4-5. and five. Jesse's 6-3. and three. Uh, there's no way I'm not picking Jesse in this one just to not pick Garrett's team. It's really almost like a spite petty thing at this point, but um, yeah, I got to pick Jesse. Aaron Rodgers is a stud. David Singletary is coming on hot. Alan Robinson's great. Julio Jones. I mean, come on. That's what you got to do, man. Uh, next up, we got the Bradley Brattersons. Um, yes, I know that's not right, but Bradley <laughs> Brattersons is what I'm going to call it. Going up against Robin. Um, Bradley... <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna call this. Uh, I'm gonna call this the uh, forget forgettable. Um, forgettable because it's forgettable, and they're forgetting to set their lineups fully. Um, I mean, they've got time, but right now, yeah, this Brian looks has, bad. or Bradley has three guys on a buy. Um, he's projected 51.7 to Robin's projected 70. Um, she only has one guy on a buy, though. No, she has two. Two. Okay. Yep. But yeah, I mean, you can't even pick a winner here because, like you said, Bradley's missing three guys. Robin's missing two. I don't even know who's on their bench. I'm too lazy to look. I'm going to go with the record and go with Bradley. Uh, 
I'll be different. I mean, you didn't, I don't think we, do we, yeah, you did keep track last week. I'm going to go with Robin, although we're not writing down what our picks are, so we probably won't keep track for next week, but I'll take Robin just to be different. All right, next up, we have your matchup. (sighs) Okay, I have to go back, uh, just a little scrolly scroll. All right, so I play Brian, and I happen to be very fortunate enough to play Brian when all his best players are on by. No Deshaun Watson, no DeAndre Hopkins, T.Y. Hilton is questionable, Evan Ingram is questionable. Um, I'm projected to win currently. Evan Ingram's on, uh, He's out. Is he okay? I just saw, I saw earlier that he was questionable. I didn't know that he was officially ruled out. Um, so I guess that changes things just slightly. But so what a great week to play, Brian, Mister "quote unquote" hot seat. Um, I'm projected to win by thirty. Uh, I definitely think I'm going to win. Uh, sorry, Brian, you just picked a bad week to play me. We all have those. I'm sure by this point next week I'll be eating crow because I didn't win and my team laid an egg. But I have the advantage at every single player that isn't um, quarterback. So. Like That's because you have Kirk Cousins. I'll fucking kill you. Um, yeah, I agree that you're going to win. Um, I, I, I mean, it, Brian I think have that a bad if, team, but. if if Brian's team was uh, fully healthy and fully healed, or and and his top players were in, I would say he wins. But um, I think that matchups got you uh, the favor. Yeah, I feel pretty good about this one. If his two starting wideouts are John Brown and Hunter Renfro, I like my odds this week. Faux show. Um. All right. So who does that leave? Um, Nikita and Derek. Yeah. Like I said, I think Der- I think Derek's going to sneak into that eighth seed, and to do that, he's got to keep winning. So I mean, he's got Drew Brees, who has been hot to trot, or who was hot to trot right before the bye. David Montgomery's not so great. Um, Odell Beckham's questionable. AJ Green, though, I think Derek's been holding on to him this whole time. We'll see. And Tyreek Hill. I think Derek's paying attention. He's got Tyree Hill in his flex. Tyree Hill could be a. I think that's going to be the flexible healing right there. So I'm picking Derek over your wife. Sorry, Nikita. Um, Nikita, I mean, it's it's a close projection here. I actually think Nikita's going to take it. Um, I mean, I'm just looking at some of the matchups here. Keenan Allen at Oakland. They're going to be throwing the ball. Calvin Ridley, New Orleans. They're going to be throwing the ball. Uh, Travis Kelsey at Tennessee. Um, David Johnson said he's 100% healthy. He's at Tampa Bay. That could be, I think that could be the flexual healing. I mean, could be. Dak Prescott, Minnesota, and Latavius Murray, Atlanta. So I, I like her matchups as well. Um, I think this is going to be the closest game of the week. I, I, I feel that for I, sure. If, I mean, it projections, it says it, it's going to be pretty close. Um, but I think that, uh, I think that Nikita's team is more well rounded, even if her running backs are, um, two of her running backs are Jalen Samuels and Latavius Murray. Um, if James Conner doesn't play again, Jalen Samuels is going to be a big role. Even if um, James Conner is limited, I think he's going to have a good game as well. Right. Yeah, we'll see. But like I said, I'll take Derek. You've got your wife. Um, that's it. Those are all the matchups. You wow. Know. You feel like you're – Josh, you've been on a little bit of a slide. Um, do you think you – how far do you think you fall? I think I lose the rest of the way. <laughs> that's a little dramatic. Do you, is that sincere? No, I already wrote my letter to the commissioner. <laughs> Yourself? I am the commissioner. Thanks. According to you. Um, no, I, I guess I don't know. I, I I got some tough luck with Adams going out in a 14-person league. That kind of makes things a little bit tougher. Um, obviously, he didn't perform as well last – or I didn't win last week, but I also had a bye with Cooper Cup. Um, and so now that Minshew's out, I just don't know. I yeah. had to throw in Daniel Jones. That's I, I remember – I'm pretty sure he did good for me the one week I started him in this league. Um, I mean – I was I really hoping for someone to drop like a Drew Brees, but yeah, <laughs> you think you think Derek will drop Drew Brees after trading for him from Brad? Yeah, I mean it's definitely possible. I mean the playoffs are going to be right around the corner. They start for us week fourteen. This is currently we're going into week ten. 
So we're, we're getting close, folks. Um, Brian, certainly the surprise, I think, of the league at this point. We'll see how we go. Um, i got to change to the outro now, write down that segment start time. Josh, we only are at an hour and two minutes right now. We did pretty, Damn it! We did pretty not bad. Um, I'd say all things considered. Do you have any, any final words? Final yeah. words, Gophers, 8-0, going up against the 8-0 Penn State Nittany Lions. I, I told Brian if they made it to 8-0, I'd do a shout-out to the Gophers. Skyuma! Yeah, P.J. Fleck got a seven-year extension. So Row the boat, gently down the stream. Row the boat, gently down the stream. I think Josh is detarded. Um, Josh, thank you for welcoming me in your home. Thank you, Nikita, as well. Kaya Odin, fuck off. Uh, Nikita, thank you for listening. Ryan, Eric's, Eric, Jamie, Levi, Zatch, Brian, Hammer, Brad, Jesse, Jordan. We love you so much. We pre- Josh, get the fuck out of here. We appreciate you. We love you. Um, HiddenOaksOverdose at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash HoodPod. 763-220-0402. Hit us up. Josh, it is time to go to sleep. Good night, folks. Everyone probably listens to this in the morning. They're like, just fall asleep on the drive to work. <laughs> Safety, by the way. I farted there when you were, whatever you were doing, I don't know. Well, I'm not calling it to be clear. I'm Trevor Lee. I mean, that's, that's a homer question because that, oh fuck, I gotta stop recording. Um,